Can you hear us now? <laughs> Can you hear me now? We have a little tech issue going on today, trying to work our way around it. Let us know when you hear the audio. Uh, it's always a little bit of a delay. But we are Liberty Over Security, Principle Over Party, and Truth Over Your Favorite Personality. Yay! They can hear us now. It's going to be a little interesting day for us today. As you notice, the camera is a little bit different, and so is the uh, setup, but JC's going to get it all fixed for us. Yep. The master. <laughs> I, I believe. So, hey, let's let's do experiment number two. Uh, let's see how this works, if this works for you all. Uh, okay. Look at that, JC. Hot diggity dog. <laughs> All righty then. Um, just wanted to give you guys a little update. We've been talking about the Arkansas Sovereignty Bill, which started off as an amazing bill and then was gutted by gutless legislators. So backstory is the Arkansas's uh, so Sovereignty Bill asserted Arkansas as a sovereign state and then said, we're not going to be enforcing any federal gun laws and we're not going to let you enforce any federal gun laws either. And the governor, Asa, you have a nickname him for him, don't you? Asa Hackinson. Hackinson. Asa Hackinson. So anyway, Asa uh being the federal supremacist that he is, oh yeah, we don't need to do this anyway. Uh, being the federal supremacist that he is, uh, told everybody that he was not going to sign it. He actually vetoed the bill, and then he he got all the law enforcement all worked up into a frenzy. He got the prosecutors, the state prosecutors association all worked up in a frenzy and said that uh, if we pass this bill, uh, it would threaten public safety and it would make it harder to cooperate with federal task force. And, uh, and as our friends here at the 10th Amendment Center say, you know, then also harder to participate in any unconstitutional federal war on drugs. So what you're seeing here is 10th Amendment Center's wrap-up of what actually happened at the end of the day. So the Senate overrided the veto and said, no, we're going to have Senate Bill 298. But then the gutless House of Representatives, by a voice vote, postponed to postponed their vote to override, letting the veto stand. Then the House put forward alternative bills, which come to absolutely zero. And so our assessment here from our 10th Amendment Center friends about the Arkansas end result is pretty much they did said a lot, did very little, and nothing's going to change. It could, and I talked to uh, Michael Bolden about this. He's the president of the 10th Amendment Center, 
And he said that when they reviewed this law, they reviewed this law as it ended in the most generous way that they could, giving it the biggest benefit of the doubt. And the best that they could come up with is uh, it could result in something. It could, but that's nothing. Because what they see in these bills when they gut them like this is that, guess what, guys? If you don't have a strong bill and you have a bill that's gutted with all kinds of loopholes, that is a very clear understanding that this bill will do nothing at all. So now that they've put forward HB 1957 to sign or veto, uh, Governor H. Asa Hackinson will have 20 days, excluding Sundays, to sign it if or veto it. If he does neither, then the bill becomes law. And that's where you have it, guys. It's a definite, maybe, possibility could, and a more likely will do nothing at all. So it could prohibit enforcement of some future federal gun control, but because of all the convoluted language, the vague uh, loopholes, it probably will not do anything at all. Probably, JC, one of the best pieces of legislation that I have seen come through on the state level. Did you want to scroll that down or something? No, I'm just Taking in what they said, yeah, could prevent future actions. Yeah, so I did. I was. I didn't see they said it would do nothing. No. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what he's saying. He says that it could prohibit enforcement of some future federal gun control, but because of the convoluted language in the bill, it makes it uncertain if it will actually do anything at all. So, and the people who uncertain. Yes, uncertain. Which includes still could. Well, right. That's why you said could. But remember, Michael Bolden said they viewed this law in the most benef in the most generous way that they could. But in their experience, when this happens, it is it happens this way with the loopholes and the vague language and all that. So they won't have to do anything at all. And that's what the Tenth Amendment Center says, that this is just simply uh, extremely convoluted, leaving loopholes for law enforcement officers to continue enforcing federal gun control. So there you have it. But it's on future laws that have not been passed yet. So if the laws don't get passed, then this bill does nothing because they still to going what, to to what exists already. Right. What they right, exactly. So if this gets passed, but no future gun control comes down from the federal government, then this law is worthless because this law says nothing about current federal gun laws. And that's why they they gutted it. Okay. So they gutted it because they were afraid 
that they wouldn't be able to enforce the state gun laws that referenced the federal laws. When in reality, all they would have had to say is add language to the bill that says, uh, the fact that we have found these federal laws to be null and void does not negate the state laws that reference them and those state those federal laws can be severed from the state laws application because they have been found unconstitutional by the state. So I actually, I want to find that I actually drafted the remedy language for this that would have allowed them to keep the bill, that would have allowed them to uh, override um, the governor's veto and maintain the bill that they had. So well, they um, could have done. They could have done that anyway. They just didn't do it. Right. I mean, they, they could continue with the override. That's what they had. So they chose to water it down. Right. They, they chose to change it. Right. Well, and then they could have, like I said, it's fascinating. You get you get right up to the right, right. up to the last minute. Uh -huh. you, you've got all the power you need to do it. And then right. at the last second, they back down after all, after pushing it all the way there. That is, that's really bizarre. So, really bizarre. I mean, and it was a huge push. They had enough in the House, in the Senate willing to override the veto. But then the State Prosecutors Association saw their federal dollar signs flying out the window. Federal, uh, the local law enforcement saw their, their federal dollars fly out the window because they wouldn't be able to engage in cooperations with the federal government. You know how much money these people get, right? And so here's the language that if they had adopted in the original SB, um, what is the name of this again? Uh, SB 298. 298, okay? If they would have adopted just this paragraph in SB 298, they would have not had to gut the thing and they would have stopped the argument presented by the prosecutors, stopped the argument presented by law enforcement. Here it is. Nothing in this law prevents the authority of the state to enforce state firearms laws that are constitutionally justified to punish criminal use of firearms as defined by state law and state constitution. Any state law that references federal statutes made null and void by this act are not diminished in their authority as the referenced federal laws having been found unconstitutional by this legislature are therefore legally severed and determined inoperative, leaving the remainder of the state law operative and binding. It, it's a simple, very long one sentence, and they could have kept the whole thing. So that's that. So, um, Jason, have you seen the, uh, the zombie um, Mosquitoes are coming to Florida. I heard about it. zombie mosquitoes. 700, 750 million genetically engineered mosquitoes approved for release in the Florida Keys. How's that going to work out for us, Stacey? Mm. Let me, by show of hands, how many people in the audience uh, have ever been to Florida 
in June or July, or in the South, they have them in Georgia now too, right? In Alabama, do they go that far north? I don't remember. And seen love bugs. Love bugs were a genetically modified insect planted here, grown here in Florida to, to eat mosquitoes. The purpose of the love bug was to eat mosquitoes to stop mosquito-borne diseases, right? So that's the same thing that's happening here. Genetically, no, they're called love bugs, not June bugs. June bugs are like beetle things. These are love bugs, and they eat the paint off your car. Their bodies are so acidic, these love bugs, that they eat the paint off your car, and they don't eat mosquitoes. <laughs> they don't even do anything they were supposed to do. So now these 750 million genetically engineered mosquitoes approved for release in the Florida Keys, which, by the way, I have found out the, the let's our state representatives, a good majority of them have no idea this is actually happening. They're like, what? What are you talking about, Chrisanne? We never heard about this. So all of this was approved by the Florida, the, the governments of the Florida Keys. That's it. They're the only ones that approved this. They didn't get, but it's endorsed by the EPA. So the EPA loves this. And what it is are the creation of male mosquitoes. It's 750 million genetically engineered male mosquitoes. So you don't have to worry, JC. The male mosquitoes don't bite. They just, uh, you know, they're like butterflies. They just eat larvae or they just eat nectar. And the idea is they will mate with other mosquito females. And then the theory is that when the mosquito females lay their eggs, all the women will die. So no female mosquito by the genetically engineered male mosquitoes will survive the larval stage. How is that going to work out for us? What, why isn't that misogynistic? We're wiping out female mosquitoes. <laughs> why, why wouldn't they use the, uh, the other mosquitoes? What do you mean? The ones that aren't male or female. Oh, the 267 what? other gender yeah, mosquitoes? Why, why, don't they, do they not think it's weird that you can't find a mosquito that's not male or female? Does that not seem strange to them? Well, you know, they're. I mean, shouldn't if, if there are all these other genders, shouldn't you be able to find them other places? Yeah, if you're born with other genders, right? Then other animals should be born with other genders. So it's because so they it's, think we're animals anyway, right? right? So it's so ser seriously animals. the assertion, right? Because follow the science. It's seriously the assertion that only human beings mm -hmm. have more than one gender. Mm -hmm. No, I just find it fascinating. Yeah. We're, we're going to take the male, the male is going to breed with the female, I'm that, and that's all they're talking about, yeah. male and female. Yeah. What happened to the other genders of mosquitoes? Yeah. Where so, are they? <laughs> just asking for a friend. Just asking for a friend. <laughs> I'm just worried that the, you know, the feminazis would be all, you know, crazy because it's, it's, it's gender genocide. They're wiping out just the women 
and not the men. So it will now be a man, a male dominated a patriarchal uh, mosquito society. A, a patriarchal mosquito society. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you know what, Tracy? If we eliminate one gender, then the species ceases to exist. So all the feminazis more than two. Yeah, but those other genders don't make new creatures. They don't make anything. But all the feminazis when they, they don't exist. This is just a message to my feminazi friends out there. This story should be a clue for you. You want to get rid of the men. Um, sorry, if you get rid of the men, you don't get any new women. Okay? It's not possible. You just it just doesn't happen. Well, I think they're just acknowledging that you know you can't stop them from breeding. Yeah, right, right. So uh, it says so it's sterile reproduction. Right, sterile. Well, no, no, no. It's actually full-on reproduction, but something yeah. happens in the larvae of the female that makes them die. That makes them die. So uh, here's here's what. <laughs> anyway. With all the urgent crises facing our nation in the state of Florida, the COVID nineteen pandemic, racial injustice, climate change. The administration has used tax dollars and government resources for a Jurassic Park experiment, says J.D. Hansen, Public Di Policy Director for the International Center for Technology Assessment and Center for Food Safety. He says now, or she, sorry, um, they say now, now the Monroe, Monroe County Mosquito Control District has given the final permission needed what could possibly go wrong? We don't know because the EPA unlawfully refused to seriously analyze the environmental risks. Now, without further review of the risks, the experiment can proceed on the people of Florida. I'm pretty sure that uh, there are no screens around the keys. So yeah. how is this just a Monroe County decision? It, exactly. You're, you're releasing flying yeah. creatures into the state. They're not going to stay in Monroe County. No, they're not going to stay in Monroe County. I mean, they're not going to stay in Florida. First of all, who would want to stay in Monroe County? But, but anyway, you know they're not. This is great. Yeah, yeah. Follow so, the science. Follow the science. And so... Uh, it is absolutely an experiment, guys. Approved by the EPA in May, the pilot project, Monroe County, because they're not going to, the, the little mosquito people are going to know, the mosquito insects are like, we got to stay in Monroe County because that's our boundaries for our experiment. The pilot project is designed to test if a genetically modified mosquito is a viable alternative to spraying insecticides to control the Aedes aegypti, it's a species of mosquito that carries several deadly diseases such as Zika, Dengue, and yellow chikungunya. So it's not even all mosquitoes, just one type of no, mosquito. No, right? So we're going to let out Great. 750 million genetically modified mosquitoes. Texas, they're trying to get Texas to do this, and Texas is like, nah. 
Well, it's now, coming to Texas. Yeah. When you turn them loose, they're going to yeah. make leave Texas. How you, many people you, you sail a, from Texas? I was about to say, you get from a fuel, Florida to Texas. You get a fuel in a sailboat, and they're going to get there. That's it. Yeah. By yeah. the way, I don't the, the, I don't think the love boat was genetically engineered. It was just imported. Yeah. And they thought it was going to do all those things. It never did. I, I never think it was imported from Japan. But they never did anything but eat the paint off our Chill, cars. Matt. Matt, come lay down. Hey, everybody. Mac is saying hello to you. Mailmen need jobs, too, buddy. Chill. <laughs> or Amazon. Whatever it is. Yeah. Calm yes. down. Yes. So, anyway, there you have it. Yeah. How, how, do they, how do they keep getting their ideas from every, you know, sci-fi and zombie? Well, that's what I want to right idea. here. Seriously, we've seen this. Every science movie we've seen like this never turns out well. And we actually have real life situations. <laughs> Come and say hello. Say hello, Mac. Everybody say hello to Mac. He wants to say hello. He's guarding the house from the evil mailman. <laughs> so you have every science sci-fi movie ever made never turns out well. We have actual real life experiences with the whole, you know, love bug thing and who knows how many other stuff, right? And they don't, it, it, that didn't work either. So here's my question. How many times do we have to get it wrong before it does more than just eat paint off our cars? So the state of Florida, right? Here's where it says hit state approval. In June, the state of Florida issued an experimental use permit after seven state agencies unanimously approved the project. That's why our legislators don't know anything about this, people, because we have bureaucrats elected by no one approving scientific experiments on the people of Florida throughout the entire, which will spread to the entire state. So, I, I mean, maybe it's not the mailman. <laughs> Somebody visiting us <laughs> in the middle of our show. All right, this is an adventure. So, um, here we have the next story. This next story is like, and I told you so kind of thing. And I wanted to share it with you just a little bit. This is a this is this is just a short clip from a show JC and I did a year ago, almost a year ago today, actually. It was May of 2020. And I'm gonna share this with you. Share audio. And I'm just gonna play just a few seconds because then I'm gonna show you an article that JC is going to be seeing for the first time, but going to have great, great comments on. Here we go. Kudzu, yeah, there's another one. Yeah, kudzu. Kudzu, there you go. That was another great experiment on the American people. That did that came from Japan too, didn't it? I think so. Yeah, great, great. Well, these mosquitoes allegedly came from England, so. That what we're seeing now is the, because of the shutdowns, there is a bottleneck of the American food supply. Our farmers are being told to euthanize the cattle they've been raising. 
They are already euthanizing uh, chickens. They're aborting fetal pigs. And this page here, Kate Daly, this is from Kate Daly's uh, website. Kate Daly is the host of the Kate Daly Show, a nationally syndicated radio show on Fox Radio Network. She's amazing. (laughs) I'm on her show every week. Here is a picture of what's happening in America. Dairy farmers dumping, as that rancher said, hundreds of thousands of gallons of milk. All right, so... That episode, if you want to go back and look at it, is episode 1807. It is titled, What Never Was. There's also a short video clip on uh, our web, on our YouTube page. It's also on chrisannhall.com uh, called Food Crisis Ahead, a year ago. Now, I'm going to share this. This. Um article from zero hedge for you uh i'm gonna let jc read it just a little bit too because what i told what we told you is coming a year ago is now knocking on our door so this article on zero hedge by michael every is titled, We Are Edging Closer to a Biblical Commodity Price Increase Scenario. This is incredible. He says, um, "He well, let me just lay the background. He says, yesterday's daily saw me float the model hypothesis that the Fed, the Federal Reserve, would like everyone to have all their money in stocks so they would have a practical mechanism for inflating and deflating the economy above and beyond the need to mess around with interest rates or QE or quantitative easing. He says, of course, this was a huge oversimplification. In particular, it overlooked housing. Why bother only inflating stocks when not everyone holds them when you can do the same to housing, which everyone needs? He says, lo and behold, yesterday's S&P prices were up 11%. Now watch this. Presumably, the matching rise in U.S. consumer confidence was driven more by stimulus checks in the mail than by rent checks going out the door or chats with realtors about affording home in affording a home in a country not exactly famous for its lack of available land. And so he goes on talking about all of this stuff that is that we're in, we're in for trash is basically what he's saying. And I'll let, I think what I, I might've pulled up the wrong article by mistake. So let me go ahead and make sure I have this one. No, that's right. So what we have now is a supply chain problem with food. And here he says, uh, I I thought this was very interesting, JC. He says, presumably the matching rise in U.S. consumer confidence, I I, I already read that sentence to you, he says, 
Uh, yet surely the Fed is still missing a trick. Just switch to a digital currency like China and assets can be turned on and off at will. Mm. And there's no need to go through with the pretense of inflating asset markets in lieu of the general economy. Right. So he's talking about digital currency. Yeah, that's why they want to state they want to move to a state controlled digital currency mm -hmm. and try to outlaw uh, you know all the other all the other crypto digital currencies. Yeah. Right, right. But what's amazing is the agricultural thing that is hitting our American economy. It's all coming in. He says, uh, now I'm not going to pretend to be a supply chain expert, but I do understand that lines on charts and numbers on spreadsheets reflect a real world. And I have even been to see some of these facilities in person. He said, years ago, I visited a hot, dusty Vietnamese port. The main warehouse was elevated so the largest trucks could pull up next to it and cargo slide in. Except half the ground below had subsided a few inches as South Asian, Southeast Asian soils do after the rainy season. And so the truck floor bed and warehouse lift were no longer flush. And each truck had to be filled far more slowly by manual labor. While there was plans to level the ground, I was told, for now only the cargo they liked got to use the good end. So, but not during COVID, he says. He says, well, luckily much of the time we can get away with just presuming these trade happens rather than accounting for the above antidote. But he says, but not during COVID and not today. Actual supply chain experts, I love that. Actual supply chain experts are saying they have never seen anything like what is currently happening. There is a total global logjam. Goods cannot be shipped in some cases and supply slide inflation on a scale we have not seen for a long, long time looks imminent. And that is on top of the weather-related disruptions edging us closer to biblical agri-commodity price increase scenario we discussed back before. It also sits alongside geopolitical problems like Saudi Arabia claiming an attempt was made to ram a ship filled with explosives into the Yanbu oil port and the latest uh, tit-for-tat episode in that region. So we are looking at a supply chain problem in America, all over the globe. And I am nowhere near being some supply chain expert, but not knowing any of this, we were able to see this coming a year ago. Because, as he says, COVID and the blockage of what's actually happening. He says it's going to be even more surreal than usual to have to listen to the Fed warble on unemployment projections and then, mar and then the market warble back about clues as to which particular month of which particular year might flag the potential start of a gradual process of perhaps not pushing up stocks and blah, 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 blah. But he says, look at this. In between, homes are becoming unaffordable. 
rent is becoming unaffordable, food is set to become far less affordable, and many other goods too, not just in the United States, but everywhere. So all the crops, all the stuff we destroyed in the name of the COVID virus are finally going to catch up to us and create this problem. So the bottom line is this, food's gonna get more expensive, housing more expensive. I mean, anybody who- Already catching up, people don't, yeah. it's the stuff, it's slow and gradual and people don't notice. Right. So it's always it's always good to stock up and learn to live self-sufficiently. Right, exactly. It's just it's just I don't know. It it how is it that so many people in America can be so duped and and be like blinders? I mean, a year ago we said there's a food crisis coming. There's going to be a shortage. You can't, you cannot not see that when you're slaughtering the future food, when you're dumping the supply chain on the ground, that it's not going to catch up with you. Because we have people saying, well, I don't see it. We still have it at the store. At the store. Hello? You're seeing what was put into the system months ago. Now we're seeing the vacancy, nothing being put into the system for months. And now it's going to be that empty space where we had nothing at all moving into the system. So if you're, you know, if you've been grocery shopping, you notice your bill climbing up. I used to think, how am I ever going to get out of the grocery store without spending a hundred bucks? Now I think, how am I going to get out of the grocery store without spending 200 bucks? I mean, that's seriously, we buy the same stuff every week. We are not extravagant food eaters and the bill is more. Oh, look, Charlotte says they're even, their shelves are getting empty. So does this cause like a like a run on the stores, like a run on the banks? People start noticing there's no food, and now we start stocking up on toilet paper again, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you look at the policies coming out of the coming out of D.C. There's it, only going to exacerbate, you know, things mm -hmm. that we're suffering because of supply chain disruption and all this sort of stuff still going on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, then you got to push in the behind the scenes, the new Green Deal, right? They're not yeah. passing it Congress. What they're doing is pushing it through the administrative agencies, mm -hmm. which is going to make it even harder to get for farmers to do their jobs, for ranchers to do their jobs, for suppliers to do their jobs. It's going to be more expensive because now they have to jump through all of the the regulatory hoops and all of that, which is also going to drive the food prices up. Yeah. Well, ready for intervention. Meanwhile, Bill Gates is running around buying up all the farmland. Because, you know, what's that all about? All right, so the final story for today. Yeah, well, you, you, you can't keep enacted, enacting Soviet Union policies and not end up with the Soviet Union. Right. 
Yes. Yeah. I love two plus two is four. But isn't this, JC, I mean, it's for us, it's just sort of, well, for me, it's just sort of surreal and bizarre, maybe not so much for you, but having studied the communist takeover of Russia, uh, the, con the consolidation of farmland into the hands of single corporate entities yeah. was what they did before they came and took the people's guns. Yeah. Because if you control yeah. the food. Right. Same socialist scheme you know if, if people if people understand the true what socialism truly is what the definition mm -hmm. is you know it's it's consolidation in the hands of an elite oligarchy so that's what happened in the soviet union that's that's still what's happening today they've got more um more subtle and, and uh more crafty mm -hmm. at, at what they do um but the same plan right same thing yeah it is. Well, this is my the only thing that I'm going to say about Biden's speech. Can I tell you, I didn't actually listen to it. Did you hear any of it, JC? Uh, no, just reaction to it. I I don't feel I, I mean, I don't feel that like there's something compelling that I need to hear from him. <laughs> um, I think to be honest, I, didn't, I don't watch presidential speeches no, no matter I, who they are. So no, I, I'd rather I, read them later. I kind of pay more attention to the puppet masters. Like, why do I need to listen to the puppet when I can go listen to the puppet master? Yeah. And yeah. what what is he going to say? He's going to reveal some part of the mm -hmm. uh, the plan <laughs> that the puppet masters aren't talking. So I don't I don't really uh, I don't really like listening to him. Um, he's an idiot. He's a puppet. Mm -hmm. So you know, I can go and look at the sources. And I, I mean, we already we know what he's doing. We know what the plan is. And I mean, you look at the picture. I look at the picture on of him standing there, there, and it it just you look at the ones behind him. You look yes. at the, the the two Leninists behind him, and you know it just looks like his handlers overseeing the event to make sure he does what he's told. See, what like that's don't, what the picture looks like. What you don't realize is those are actually fake hands. And what it, they really are is they've got the real hands up his butt <laughs> underneath the desk, right? So they, the puppet masters are poking the, making him say what he has to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, look, look at camera. I mean, the look on it. She always says the same look, but that look on her face, like, you know, wow, this guy really follows orders well. That is so, yeah. so impressive, Joe. Yeah. Like she doesn't have to do or say anything. They they just give him the script and he he goes. Well, he carries out their, I their that, plan. I look at that picture, JC, and I don't see Biden in the position of political superiority. No, absolutely not. Uh, yeah. Why why would totally crap? Why wouldn't you see that? I mean, <laughs> seriously, I don't I don't understand that. Maybe if can I maybe if I scroll it down a little bit more, it would look better. I, I just so their looks are so condescending. Yeah. Just in their eyes, their looks are so condescending. Like, oh, isn't he sweet? You know, it's just. No, he looks like the minion. Like they exactly, look exactly. The, the powers behind him. Yeah. So it's just. I mean, it, it's a good. It, it's a great picture to really convey. See the reality. I'm beginning to rethink a position that I had, Jason. 
I really honestly believed that they were either going to whack him in the first year or they were going to have him removed for mental incapacity. But that picture shows me they don't have to. No, he's really totally. Right. Not only that, he actually shields them Mm -hmm. because you have all the baby boomer Democrats like in my father's generation who believe that he's a good union man, that he's a good American. They would never support Kamala Harris or or Nancy Pelosi. First off, they think Nancy Pelosi is some hacking bee, right? And they they know Kamala Harris is a communist. They know she is. So the baby boomers that are worshiping who put Biden in office. Pelosi looks like a corpse. She yeah, well, she is a corpse. I I don't know. She's like right up there with with uh, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I didn't know how she ended up staying in all that time. But here you have a situation. I, 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 like I said, I'm, I'm just rethinking my whole thing. I don't think they're going to do anything with him because he provides cover and support. If, if he goes away and Kamala Harris becomes president of the United States, there's nothing going to hold this government together. Nothing. Because yeah. the people that are Democrats who are conservative in thought and mind are only supporting the Democrat Party because Joe Biden is in the presidential office. You lose their support when Kamala Harris becomes president, and that's not how that works. Yeah. No, he's a good puppet. I mean, you, you hear him carrying the, you know, he, he's carrying their water. He, he talks the whole um, BLM racist narrative right. the guy's a total racist yeah oh my the god guy himself yeah. you go look i mean listen to him over 40 years the, the guy's a racist and, it, and so now he's carrying the blm narrative and 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 you know putting out all their talking points so he's a total stooge uh for these anti-american subversives these, these socialist um radicals right so yeah i mean as as long as uh, as long as his vitality remains, he's there because he's serving he's serving his purpose. Right. But he's totally weak. I mean, that's that's the thing. He's 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 absolutely spineless, and just they tell him what to do. And I mean, the world. I think real bad guys look at where we are now. Mm-hmm. You know, see America as so weak. This guy's weak. Uh, He's pathetic. Just, just the guy's a joke. Yeah. Well, this part of his speech I wanted to discuss about his universal pre-K preschool meal program teacher training. Okay. So, on the eve of his, this is from, this is this is actually from Education Week, right? This is the politics section k through 12 politics k through 12 how do you have an education publication who knows that k through 12 is is ruled by politics and not education right because i would just be offensive to begin with i think his his uh education the head of his education stuff said there's no such thing as an apolitical classroom yeah yeah there you go all right everything's 
So on the eve of his 100th day in office, this publication says, President Joe Biden proposed an ambitious 1.8 trillion American families plan that would expand universal pre-kindergarten access and make it easier for high-poverty schools to serve free meals and fund programs to train and support teachers. I just, it, it baffles me that people would believe that that we don't have a free meal program in poverty schools. I, they exist already, okay? As a matter of fact, we are feeding three meals a day in these high poverty school districts. So I, I don't know what it would make it easier for them to do that, what that even means, easier to serve free meals. Does that mean that they have better gloves to hand the free meals over because they're already got free meals. Anyway, he says the package, the package served as the centerpiece of Biden's address to a joint session of Congress Wednesday, uh, blah, 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 blah. And Biden says this quote, we can't be so busy competing with each other that we forget the competition is with the rest of the world to win the 21st century. To win that competition for the future, we also need to make a once-in-a-generation investment in our families <laughs> and in our children. Do people actually buy the stuff? Yes. So like we're, like we're going we're gonna to compete with the rest of the world by giving out free lunch. Yeah. Free and reduced lunch is what makes America great. It makes makes kids smart. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, I know, you know, if you eat breakfast and all that, you can study better, focus better. Yeah. But I mean, really, that that's his massive plan. Our problem, but they have, you see, this is it. They free already lunch. have free lunches, but the education still sucks. Okay. Right. So Biden pitched the plan, adding four additional years of free education, what? two oh. in early childhood and two years of community college. So before, now it was pre-K four, now it's gonna be pre-K two, right? So parents don't have to raise their children at all now. You can just hand them over to the state as state wards. Well, I don't even know why we just have kids in, in public schools ever come home. Yeah. Why don't we just make them boarding schools yeah. where you just turn the kid over at two and then they graduate from the government after two years of community college. No, it's it's like it's like Huxley's Brave New World. Yeah. You just have birthing centers. Just, yeah. Just create, you know, drones for the state. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's what the public school system does. Yeah. Create creates drones for the state. Right. Listen to what Biden says. When so this, there it is. Brave, yeah. bra basically, so his plan is Huxley's Brave New World. So yeah. this is, I mean, without the whole without the whole sort of sci-fi mixing, you know, whatever went on in that novel. But it is, it is in practical, in now, a practical sense, this is what his plan is. Now you see why Brave I titled this show about uh, sci-fi happening in America today. Yeah. I mean, you've got mutant zombie mosquitoes. You have, um, you have food crisis happening we're going to start making fake meat now we got to grow meat in a laboratory that's what we're pushing here people because remember biden said you're only supposed to have one hamburger a month 
We got to cut out the, the amount of meat that we eat. And so then we have to use lab meat, right? So this whole side by thing. Now we're growing babies for the state. Biden says, when this nation made 12 years of public education universal in the last century, it made us the best educated and best prepared nation in the world? No. But the world is catching up. Because you're teaching crap. You're teaching garbage. No. The world is not catching up to us. We are falling backwards. The only reason we had a, a leg up in education was because we actually taught our children before compulsory education. Um, before the communists took over. In 1885. I mean, come on, we, we need more of the garbage that's being taught in public education in order to, to be more competitive with the rest of the world? Are you insane? I, no. You, you give people more of what they're getting in public school, you're going to fall farther behind. Let me tell you, the answer, the answer to compete and be educated and prepared in this world is not more of public education. Let me tell you the answer. The answer is close the freaking doors of public education from two years old to college. Yes. Yeah. If public education, look, can I say this one more time? I'm going to make a freaking t-shirt out of this. You if public education shut down tomorrow, it would be one of the greatest days in American history. Look at the literacy rate before compulsory education. I already know the numbers, but this is sort of like a homework for you. Look at the literacy rates before public compulsory education. Before the Marxists took over in 1885, look at the literacy rates. Our literacy rates were like anywhere from 80 to 90% even in our economically suppressed parts of America. 80 to 90% in black communities prior to the Marxist takeover of our education system. For 12 years, Biden says, is no longer, is no longer enough today to compete in the 21st century. You know why? Because we're not globalizing our children enough to compete with the 21st century. We're not making our children mindless enough to go along with the globalist takeover plan and to support a, a singular government takeover of the world. There's a couple of great books, one called Why Johnny Can't Read and another one called None Dare Call It Education. Um, and you can, you can find a lot of the history of the founders of the modern American education system. What was that other book called? Uh, None Dare Call It Education. These, these people created an educational, educational system to promote illiteracy. Yes. Illiteracy. Yes. So the father of modern education, John Dewey, said that our education system puts way too much effort into literacy that it causes eye strain and makes people solitary where an idol, which makes them unproductive social components of a society. 
Right. They needed to be good factory workers. Yeah. So let's let's not educate them too much. That I mean, that's the basis. That's the philosophical basis of the modern American educational system. You need more than that. For over 70 years, they used a method to teach reading. Many, I mean, we saw it. Uh, I mean, we've seen it in school with kids. Uh, what, last 10 years? You probably remember it in your school. But they used a method of reading called the look-say method. was a method developed to teach deaf kids how to read. That's what they used for over 70 years in the public school system, not teaching any sort of phonetics. Uh, so, I mean, what kind of idiot you idiots are there that build an entire system of literacy in the school system on that? I mean, this, and you wonder why uh, for decades and decades, we graduated children in the American education system with a 50% illiteracy yeah. rate. The educational system is built to make people stupid drones who are controllable in this communist system. That's the whole point of it. We don't need more of that. We need less of that. In fact, we need none of that. If you don't know about the the so the Marxist takeover of our education system, you need to go to my website, chrisanhall.com. You need to read this article, Stolen Education, Stolen Children, Stolen Future. This is actually uh, an informal presentation that I gave in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, many, many years ago, based on information, facts found in Charlotte Iserbit's book, The Deliberate Dumbing Down in America. The stuff that got Charlotte Iserbit Fired from the Reagan administration right here at chrisannhall.com. Stolen education, stolen children, stolen future. All you have to do is go to chrisannhall.com. You can hit the search engine and then enter in stolen education. It will bring you this article. And then you can read it and see what we're talking about. This is not conspiracy. This is not anything made up. These are actual facts. And more, look, 12 years is no longer enough today to compete in the 21st century, Biden says. Uh, you know, honestly, you basically teach a person to read, mm -hmm. teach them basic math, turn them loose. They can learn everything else they right. need to know. Um, it, it's amazing to me, some of some of the great, you know, the, the, the great entrepreneurs and, you know, business leader, people who've accomplished incredible things in business and uh, many other areas, never finished high school. Uh, some never even went to went to high school. Benjamin Franklin was 16 years old when he was writing in silence. He didn't yeah. have a universal so, pre-K program. Yeah, you. I mean, come on. Are, are we saying people are smarter now than guys like Benjamin Franklin? Give me a break. So the two proposals, I love this. The two proposals. Biden is obviously a product of public school. Well, I don't think anybody would argue about that. Too so am I. But I but but I, I started here's the thing, I started learning after school, right? Yeah. Once I'm done with school. I mean, who can say that I started learning after law school? Who can say <laughs> that public education taught you what you need to know? Too soon I mean, we're wearing the same t shirt again. Why do we keep doing that? People are gonna think we like coordinator out. You can have one too at godgunsliberty.com. God guns, get your liberty at it. God guns liberty. Dot com. Yeah, today. I actually like just typing God Guns Liberty into the Google search engine just because I know it makes them angry. So. Today, I mean, today you don't even need a library card. Right. Just Google whatever, search whatever. Well, don't Google it. Duck, duck, go. Whatever you need to learn. And 
boom, there you go. I, I mean, I was looking at, I like the site. I don't know if you guys ever heard this site, LibriVox, L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X, LibriVox. I think it's .org. But they they uh, read books, you know, make audio books and have this massive catalog of free audio books. I mean, it's a great place. You can just read all kinds of stuff. Is that what we were reading Utopia today? Yeah, we were listening to Thomas More's Utopia, which is fantastic. Really? Book. I think really. it needs to be put it on your reading list. Put it on your reading list, Thomas More's Utopia. It is, and if you get the, the audio book version, you will be in stitches. It is absolutely hilarious. Let, let's finish this. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, every, but your mom, will, your mom will tell me, your mom has been telling me for 25 years about how you were a kid walking around reading encyclopedias and stuff all by yourself. It's so. certainly not because of public school. Yeah. All right. So two proposals would help fill Biden's campaign promises to search new funds to K-12 education and child care programs. The new calls for big federal spending. Imagine that. Big federal spending packages. Because kids are dumb because we don't put enough money into education systems. That's, that's the thing that ticks me off. Because you and I have both worked in private Christian schools where teachers made a fraction of what public school teachers make with no pension, no tenure, and no insurance. And the children came out exponentially more educated, right? Because it's money, right? To the enactment of the American Rescue Plan, which provided nearly $130 billion in COVID-19 relief aid to K-12 schools. $200 billion for universal high-quality preschool. $1.9 billion to pay for two years of free community college, because it's free if the government's paying for it. I don't know, $9 billion to, oh, here we go. This is the great one. Nine billion to train, equip, and diversify American teachers. Can I tell you, Mr. Joe Biden, can we admit Mr. Joe Biden is pushing the socialist agenda harder than the American Kenyan ever dreamed of yes. doing? Yes. This is serious. The, the Hawaiian Kenyan. You want to know how you take over the education system? You, you, you use $9 billion of socialism to train, equip, and diversify American teachers. $109 Grow your own programs that help paraprofessionals become full-time teachers. Grow your own, grow your own communist. Grow your own socialist. Grow your own government addict. Teacher residency and leadership programs. $45 billion to expand nutrition programs. Hey, JC, this is actually part of the communist uh, system that was established in 1906. Let me show this to you guys really quick. This is from that education, stolen education, stolen children, stolen future article. Okay. The National Education Association, the beginning of the teacher union in 1906, created chartered by Congress in 19, uh, by the Rockefeller Foundation in 1906, created Educational Policies Commission, and in 1932, this NEA published a document titled Education for All Youth with the following goals to solve problems in the educational system and working toward the new progressive education. 
federal programs for health, education, and welfare combined into one bureau. Head Start programs, 1932. Getting preschool children into the system. Youth services through poverty programs. Removal of local control of political and educational matters without seeming to do so. And then we pump our schools with perversion and sex education, perversion guised as sex education. So then they pop out babies that are well, they get pregnant and then they're taught they can kill the babies. And then we teach a disregard for life and breed self-loathing into the children of our society and the future of society. And that was the Communist Manifesto program developed by the Rockefeller and Carnegie Foundations in 1932. That, that, by the way, what I just read to you, that, by the way, is what Biden is talking about when he says what we've done in the last hundred years through our education program. So That's what we've done. Same script. Doing it again. Still doing it. Still so, pushing yeah, it. No different. Because Dewey, Thorndike, Vunt, Stanley Hall had a hundred year plan. They knew they were not going to free communists overnight. They knew they needed a hundred year plan to do it. So Joe Biden and his administration is pumping in nearly $2 trillion to that entity, which has been the greatest threat to the Republic for the last century, yes. American education. Meanwhile, oh, although one more point, $109 billion uh, to pay for free community college for all Americans, including undocumented immigrant students protected through the DREAM Act. Right. So now not only do we have to train up Americans to be communists, open we have to border, bring more communists in. Open the border, bring them in, give them free education. Yeah. Because you and I are paying for that. By the way, if they're undocumented immigrants, they're not paying any taxes, people. They're not contributing to the system. They're sucking dry. And that's the truth. All right, guys. I think that should be the end of the show today. I think I need to go slap somebody. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Please remember to share, 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 share. Hit the like buttons right now. Pound those things. Hit the bell so you don't ever miss a show. But you've got to share because nobody's telling this truth like we are. So thank you guys for joining us today. We will see you, God willing, tomorrow.